Hey. Hello. Hey. Hi, Desmond. Can you hear me? How are yes, I can. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You're yeah, welcome. Well. <laughs> um, I just want to thank you for accepting my invitation. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy that my uh, content uh, resonated with you, that you were you know, interested in, in what I have to share. <laughs> Absolutely. You have a, definitely have a lot to say. I'm very interested. Awesome. I'm excited to share. All right. So your first question is, what are the different layers that you must pull back in order to fully heal from any trauma that you have suffered on a physical, mental, and spiritual level? Um, repeat that again. What are the first layers? What are the different layers that you must pull right. back in order to fully heal from any trauma that you have suffered on a physical, mental, and spiritual level? Um, so firstly, a lot of the top layer emotions that you feel towards any sort of trauma, um, the, the top layer emotions are not the causal emotion. This is what a lot of people need to understand. These are the emotions that you use to defend the actual core um, traumatic emotion. If you wanted to heal any, whether it's physical, mental, emotional uh, trauma. Um, and this is where I find a lot of people get stuck on, which is the, the, the top layers emotions. And very often what I have found on my personal journey is that there will be um, uh, different emotions in different layers. So a classic example would be, you know, anger um, as the top layer emotion. And anger, um, you use it to defend the wound. Um, and beneath anger, once you really own the anger, fear may come up for example and then once you've really processed that fear then there'll be grief you know deep down at the causal level um, and once you really process the grief um, next time you encounter the same situation you won't be triggered anymore um, and I mean it's a tough question to answer because you know depending on the wound there will be different layers so it's actually quite unique to each wound if that makes sense yes yeah so it will really depend on the person it will depend on the wound um, but there are definitely layers to um, healing one emotional wound let's say but the emotion that you will need to process will be different for each unique wound right because i know a lot of people um have a hard time trying to find different ways to recover from whatever situation they've been through. And sometimes they can't do it on their own. So they seek help or advice from somebody who's been through whatever their situation was. Yes. Yeah. But the one thing I will say, cause I, I see people struggle a lot, a lot with this is the top layer emotion. Like the first emotion that you feel, uh, whether it's anger or hurt or um, overwhelm or shame, what you need to understand is that that emotion, the initial emotion is not the causal emotion. It's actually an, the emotion that you use to avoid feeling what's beneath. Right. 
Yeah, so it's act and very often these top layer emotions become addictive emotions. So you would rather feel angry, for example, than feel disempowered and hurt and and whatever the the deeper layer emotion is, fear or so um these top layer emotions do become uh, eventually our emotional addictions. So we become addicted to feeling um these emotions over and over again which then becomes challenging uh, for us to process, mainly because we're not taught. You know, nobody teaches us. At least I wasn't taught by my parents. I wasn't taught at school. I know that mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, pe- parents are becoming more conscious. And then, and I know that some schools are starting to teach, at least, you know, in kindergarten and, and, and um, some, uh, like, elementary schools, they are starting to teach emotional intelligence and and about emotions but at least when I grew up I wasn't taught this so I understand that a lot of people weren't taught and we don't know how to process our emotions properly this is true and I feel like this is why a lot of these situations happen in a negative way because people don't know how to react to certain situations especially if they've never gone through it before yeah yeah, and they don't know how to feel. And and you you use the right word. You use react. They react to their emotions rather than allow themselves to feel it. And this is the big issue. Right. Like people don't take enough time to think before they do something. And that usually causes the situation that they're in. Yeah. And a lot of the times when, let's say, you know, a situation, a circumstance or an event happens, um, because they already have that wound inside of them, they're seeing the situation through the filters of their wound. They're not seeing the situation objectively, um, which makes them react to the situation and, and to their emotions rather than actually taking the time to feel their emotions. And once you actually feel your emotions properly and release it then you'll be able to actually see the situation from a completely different perspective exactly you have to have patience and see the whole process yes. through yeah 100% yeah <laughs> so your next question is talk about what made you want to be a holistic slash complementary therapist um, so basically when I was, I remember when I was choosing, um, you know, which university to go to, I actually didn't know what to study. So I took a gap year and I went traveling and, and, and the gap year I went to Thailand and Sri Lanka, um, and Cambodia. And while I was in Thailand, I studied, um, Thai yoga massage. And then I started to study, you know, natural herbs and things like that. And, Basically, I, I realized that I like all the natural um, ways of healing rather than, you know, the traditional, you know, medicine. Um, so then that's what made me after my gap year, I basically was looking for more academic courses in um, holistic therapies. And I found um, I found some. So I then studied, you know, uh, health sciences focused on holistic and complementary therapies from the University of Westminster in London. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell, really. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back to basic. Basically, I did study. I continued after uni. I I continued, uh, you know, 
studying different uh, modalities such as hypnotherapy and NLP and I went into all sorts of other um, healing modalities but when I first started I actually didn't know and and it was just through exploration that I discovered that actually I like you know the natural way to heal <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. nice did so did anybody um, in your family like get into these studies or feel like you are or just you? Say that again. Did anyone in my family um, have like the same interest as you when it comes to like therapy, trying to help people heal and stuff like that? Yeah, well, actually, one of my aunts is a nurse, actually, from, from both sides, my father's side and um, my mother's side, there's nurses. And um, now that you're saying that, I remember when I was really young, uh, my grandmother used to, um, I mean, she used to just talk to plants. It sounds funny. Really? But she used to just, she, she did, she, it wasn't something that she studied. She just had a, um, a natural, like instinctive ability to know which plants were good for what. And, you know, you'd have a rash and she would just go out and sort of speak to some plants and come back and make tea and then put it on the rash and it would be gone, you know. And I remember standing, uh, my, she used to get certain herbs. There's like uh, certain traditions in Brazil um, to clear your energies um, with herbs and things like that. So my grandmother used to do a lot of that with us when we were younger, but it wasn't anything that she studied. It was just, you know, her natural ability or maybe it was culture and tradition and a mix of all of that um so yeah there is there is some of that um and from my father's side I know that um I mean he he met my grandmother from his side died when I was two but I he used to always tell me that she used to read tea leaves (laughs) um so that was interesting yeah nice I knew I was like it had to run the family or something like that yeah (laughs) And it's not crazy. I've heard a lot of people talk to their plants. So it's not too far fetched. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, in shamanism, they say that when you truly respect the plant, that you, when you talk to them and talk to the spirit of the plant, the plant will actually um, share with you its gifts. Interesting. Yeah, it's therapeutic gifts. It's not just, you know, going there and, and knowing it intellectually but it's more about connecting with it with the plants emotionally nice yeah uh, i feel like that helps the plant have a longer life too yeah and, and and i feel like you're connecting with the essence with the spirit of the plant as well and it really it goes beyond the the just you know the the um, chemical science it's about the soul as well and the spirit and that's where I feel the real therapeutic benefits are, you know? Right. I totally agree. <clears throat> Why else would you get the plant? You're not going to just sit there and watch it die. You have to take care of it like it's one of your own children. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So your next topic is talk about your road to redemption in life after going through personal struggles. Oof. Um, the short version or the long version? (laughs) I got time. You got time. Okay. So, um, would you like to know a little bit more about my struggles first? Yeah. Wherever you want to start from. Um, so I guess it started, um, throughout my teens because I, I suffered a lot from depression. Um, 
I used to cut myself. I started, you know, drinking, smoking and taking drugs while I was, you know, still very young. Um, and that only progressively got worse. Um, I had severe suicidal ideations. Um, and it didn't matter what I did. Like I did, and, and at that time I was doing, you know, things like energy healing and Reiki and um, in Brazil, um, they're very big on Espiritismo, which is basically a philosophy of life. So there are lots of um, spiritual churches everywhere, which is not the same in the Western world. It's, um, it's hard to explain, but basically you can go in and you can get, uh, you can speak to spirit doctors and get blessed water and... And even though I was doing all of that, I, I never felt, um, I didn't feel like it was doing anything. I would get, maybe feel better for the day, but then the depression would come back and all of that. And then I would uh, go into all of my addictions. And um, so throughout my journey, um, I basically started to get frustrated with all the spiritual path and all this spiritual stuff, which I call now the all the new age nonsense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because nothing was working. I was still depressed. I was still using, you know, a lot of drugs. And it was just getting worse toxic relationship patterns. And I had a severe self-sabotaging, you know, tendencies and patterns. And basically what I always say is that I was on the road to self-destruction. Um, and I remember um, I moved back to Brazil to try to find my roots um, to, to see if that would help. But actually it got worse <laughs> because the drugs were cheaper and you know a lot of not very good influence um you know people and and um basically i made a decision to come back to where i am now which is in the middle east in dubai okay. um because i knew that you know um here i can't do any of that you know so i i wanted to make different choices and to start healing and it was really when i came back to dubai that i started to do more sort of emotional healing and I realized that um, it was my emotions that I was struggling with. And so I started to explore this whole world of emotions and, and, and trying to understand my emotions and, and process emotions and all of that. And long story short, I'll, I'll struggle. I did struggle with that for a while. And it was, um, uh, I think, um, I can't remember how it happened, but then I realized the importance that childhood trauma has on all of these patterns. And um, basically, I hadn't dealt with any of my childhood traumas. I was trying to bypass it. I thought because I, you know, I was over it, um, I was older and I survived that it, it wasn't affecting me. And um it was only after I started to process my childhood traumas that um, basically I started to heal. Actually, I, I remember now I had several um, several incidents. Once I had my voice analyzed and um, the guy that analyzed my voice told me that you have childhood traumas that need to be you know, resolved. And I thought, you know, I've resolved that. I'm over it. But the truth was I had just suppressed all of the emotions. And this is what tends to happen with people with trauma. They suppress their emotions. And because they suppress it, they can't feel it. They think they're over it. But then it plays out in things like depression and suicidal ideation, anxiety, and, and all of that. Um, and then I, I did have an ayahuasca experience. I was called to do ayahuasca. I, I um, had the calling, as they say. Yes. And in that... 
um, I did try to do it when I was um, in my 20s at uni, early 20s. But the people, I just didn't feel a connection to the people. It wasn't the right time. The doors just wasn't opening for me. Um, but this year, I remember um, I just had the calling. You know, I started, people started talking to me. And, and anyway, I went and it was there also that I went back and I saw all of the abuse that I went through. I was basically beaten by my mother um, almost to death. Wow. Uh, I was beaten a lot, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, just emotionally abuse, a, a lot of emotional, verbal and mental abuse, mind games. Um and basically, I had to go back and, and, and deal with all of that. And it was only when I started to actually do that work that my life started to change, meaning I no longer wanted to self-sabotage. I went off drugs and smoking and even drinking. I um, you know, started to have healthier relationships. I stopped reacting to certain things like I wasn't getting as triggered as before. Um, the depression, the depressive episodes started to reduce um so yeah it was a long journey <laughs> it didn't happen overnight <laughs> and I always say that I I wasted 10 years doing you know new age fluff <laughs> <laughs> I wasted a lot of my time and money doing all of that and it didn't work so which is why now I am um, I really you know speak up about that because I see so many people stuck in the new age stuff and they they're not getting anywhere and they wonder why Right. And it's because they're not doing what I call the real inner work, <laughs> the real spiritual work, you know. And um, yeah, and 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 that obviously brought me to where I am now, and what I'm, what I help clients with now, um, which is basically what I struggled with, uh, which is you know depression and suicidal ideation, and and by the way, um, I say depression and all of that, but um, I just want to share that. Um, it, it wasn't that I was in bed all day and I was a high functioning depression, I would say. Right. <laughs> because I was productive and I was doing things and I would work and, and you know, and, and but it's just um, and I say that because I also work with a lot of, you know, clients who, you know, are CEOs or directors or managers and they have a full functioning job and then they have a, a su successful, quote unquote, successful life on the outside. Right. But on the inside they're depressed and suicidal and, and, and they don't understand why. Right. Um, I just thought it was important to, to share that because I also, you know, couldn't understand why, because I had everything to quote unquote, be happy on the outside, but just on the inside, I, I just couldn't get there for whatever reason, which now I know was all due to my suppressed emotions and unresolved um, childhood traumas. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing your life story. That's that's some definitely deep stuff, and I'm glad you made it out on the other side. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> definitely. Like people don't understand, you have to uh, accept your flaws before you can try recover and move on with your life. Hundred percent. And I think, um, like, I mean, for me, I was physically abused, so it's easier to like. I can't deny that. You know, right. Whereas I work with a lot of clients who were um, emotionally abused and, and they really struggle to, to see it as abuse uh, because there was nothing physical. 
but it was just emotional, emotional manipulation and, and emotional blackmailing by their parents and things like that. So they really struggle to pinpoint. Obviously, I've been through my journey, so I can easily pinpoint it in them. But um, yeah, this is I just wanted to share that because a lot of people think that they weren't abused because it wasn't physical. But that's not true. <laughs> Because right. a lot of the times um, people were, you know, emotionally abused by their parents and they don't even know it. That's crazy. Yeah. So I guess you would call that self-denial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a complete denial. But also, um, you know, we were made, we were programmed and conditioned not to become aware of what was happening in the moment. Right. Yeah. So, so this programming of not becoming aware of what was happening and being punished for even pointing out something wrong in our parents is still with us in, in adulthood. So when people start healing, um, I, I find that they're scared even to point out what they, what their parents did wrong. You know, there's always this, there's, um, people always use this term, uh, the saying, uh, they did the best they could. And this is a classic cop-out for not feeling the hurt, you know, of your little inner child. Because right. you don't want to point the finger at the truth, at what really happened. Um, and, and, and I say this, and I want you to understand that this is not about bl staying in blame. Because that's not healing either. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to point at the truth. And we have to point out what actually happened before we can heal and accept right. the truth. Um, but obviously, after that, it is about forgiveness. It's not about staying in, in blame, but it's important to point at and blame the parents first at what happened, uh, if that makes sense, if, if I yes. explain that right, but not stay in blame and victimhood yeah. and all of that. Yeah, you explained it right. I totally understand what you're saying. Good. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, I feel like a, a lot of people... Um, are scared of that. They're scared to point the finger at their parents. They don't want yeah. to. They feel like they're a bad child or, you know, because this is what we were conditioned and programmed to do. I mean, for me, for example, I was beaten. So, of course, I was scared to point out initially <laughs> because, but it was my inner child's fear that was still stuck in me because I had a lot of, a lot of fear projected onto me. Like, how dare you, you know, point, um, stand up to me um, and 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 even if uh, I've worked with clients who maybe they weren't beaten but they had a lot of fear projected onto them by their parents so later on in life when it comes to healing I find this tends to block a lot of people though like all the fear of being a bad child they can't point the finger at the parents and all the guilt, but actually all of this guilt and fear was projected by their parents and it's still stuck in there's it's the, those emotions the the projected emotions are still in them. Mm-hmm. I totally believe it. Yeah. Somebody's gotta be held accountable. It's like how can you beat on somebody you you help create and you say you love so much? Yes. And I love that you use held accountable. Because it's like they, they don't want to be held accountable. And they use the, the, that card, um, you know, you should be grateful. You know, I gave you everything. You survived. You're here. <laughs> uh, and, and I've had a lot of um, the Catholic 
the Catholic, I had the Catholic upbringing as well a little bit. So I had that as well. Um, that whole thing going on as well. Got you. A lot going on around you. Yeah. <laughs> so your next topic is what are some common lies, healing myths or misconceptions you want people to know? Um, so the first one is that, you know, this wound never heals because I heard that um, in the new age stuff as well, that, you know, the wound never heals. And this is a big lie. The wound does heal uh, and it heals when you do the real inner work. <laughs> right. Um, the second one is that um, healing takes time. And I mean, there is some truth in this because there, you know, there is a process, but I don't believe that it takes time. I believe that it takes courage, like, cause you have to face your wounds. A lot of people use um, this excuse that, you know, you know, healing takes time and it's not, it's a decision. I believe yes. that healing is a decision that you make from your heart. And, and, and that's it. It's as, it's as simple as that. It's a decision to accept the truth. It's a decision to feel those emotions. It's a decision. And only you can decide. Which brings me to my next point, which is nobody can heal you. <laughs> no healer can heal you. Even God can't heal you if you, like, because it's, it's an act. Healing is an act of your own will. Right. So you have to make the decision inside of your heart to heal. And once you make that decision, then you can have, you know, God can help you or your guides or, um, you know, healers and, and, and coaches or therapists. But the, the decision has to start, has to come from you first. And then other people can share tools or guide you in certain ways. If that makes sense. I totally agree with you. Totally. And, and the third is like, I, I've seen so many techniques and I've seen it and I've done it because this is what I was taught throughout the years that you can heal through the mind. And mm. I do not believe that at all. Um, <laughs> you cannot understand your way through an emotion. Healing ha ha happens through feeling your emotions through processing it and that can only happen through your body and through experiencing it it cannot happen in your head and um yeah a lot of people try to for example um learn the lesson in their head but you will only learn the lesson when you really process the emotion that that's it that's the the only way in which you can learn and grow and evolve and heal is through feeling and processing your emotions. Right. After you make the decision. <laughs> yeah, you, that's you. the key part. You got to make the decision first. Like, all right, I think I'll start on this right now. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and, and I say that also because a lot of people um, use willpower. Yeah. And, and, willpower already implies force and resistance and you're already fighting yourself <laughs> <laughs> you can't heal through force and willpower it just doesn't work it's it's not sustainable and you'll crash and you'll just get frustrated on your path healing right. is it it's you have to use your will like i said it's it's a heart-based decision it's a desire to heal and, and that's it that's it. It's a feeling. It's a feeling, uh, not a decision that you make in your head. 
No. You can't do it through force. It has to happen naturally. Yeah. And, you know, you can still have resistance. I'm not saying you're not going to have resistance. Um, but the desire to heal has to come from the heart. It can't be through the wounded ego because the wounded ego is what is what uses, you know, willpower and force and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. You are very wise beyond your years. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> <laughs> so your next topic is talk about the different people that come to you for help and how do you evaluate their needs? That's a good question. Um, so I have people with all sorts of um, issues. <laughs> Obviously, the main one that I get a lot is depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation. And I think because I, I experienced that and because I got myself out of that mess, um, I know how to guide them. So I do attract a lot of people um, that struggle with that. And it's interesting because a lot of the times they come to me and they tell me their symptoms. And once you tell me your symptoms, I already know where I want to go, right? With, right. The, with the healing. <laughs> and I, because I've done, I've been on this journey for so long now. But a lot of the times they say, oh, but I don't have any childhood issues. <laughs> um, so, you know, some very often it, I would have to go through it very gently. Um, so I won't even go there if that's, if, if they're immediately defensive. Um I'll start with the top layer and really just teach them how to start processing their emotions, the top layer and give them some tools. And I, I give a lot of journaling tools as well. And basically I guide them to um, ask certain questions within themselves. Um, and um, so, yeah, so that's kind of my approach, but I've had clients that had nervous breakdowns Um that have had um, all sorts of issues. I, I get also a lot of clients that I can't get over their ex, so um, healing a broken heart, <laughs> or um, clients that always get triggered. Mm. And so these are all very different issues. However, uh, processing emotions, um, from my perspective and the way that I sort of do it, is the same. Like as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, the top layer emotion is never the root cause. <laughs> and it's very often an emotion you're using to avoid, um, avoid a, a, another feeling. And really, the presenting issue is how I um, diagnose, you can say, but I don't diagnose in terms of, you know, the medical way, more so the, the soul, the soul way through emotions, and it's through their patterns and through um, what they share with me in terms of, for example, what triggers them and where they feel they're stuck and what emotion is it, is it that they're stuck on, that's how I kind of um, get a glimpse of where, where are they stuck, what are their needs, what are their patterns, you know, where do I need to go? Obviously, it'll be, it's different <laughs> for different people. It's, it's unique in some ways, but at the same time, like the processing method is the same um so once we have that um then after that i normally go through a process where i have to support them in uh, working through their resistance and breaking down all of their um, resistance and you know blocks 
And then after that, it's about teaching them and guiding them through the emotional layers that we talked about. Because a lot of the times people don't understand the emotional layers. So then um, I have to guide them, you know, through that. And then in order for us to reach the, the core emotion. And this is where I find a lot of people struggle with. They struggle to access the core. They think that... Um, you know, there's grief down there <laughs> and they try to just jump the steps or they just want the results. But you can't access the core grief or just get the results without going through the whole process. There's it's just there's no way. There's no way around it. There's no shortcut. No. <laughs> well, at least I haven't found one. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through the layers, but um I'm not sure if that sort of answers your question, but it's different for everyone. But I'm happy to answer any questions you have about that. Yeah, it, you you hit nail on the head, definitely. No good. <laughs> definitely, because a lot of people try to take shortcuts in life, and it's like, why you're not you're not going to get what you're looking for any faster by taking shortcuts. Exactly, and they just end up getting frustrated with the process. Yep. With especially with healing emo like healing when you talk about healing emotional wounds, they'll end up getting frustrated and they feel disheartened and lose faith in the process by trying to skip steps or 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 they'll think that they've uh, dealt with something and then four months later they're repeating the pattern and they they think oh I've dealt with this why is this coming up again? Because you're skipping steps. You can't yeah. start the journey. You can't start the journey unless you take the proper steps. <laughs> Yeah, and also because they haven't managed to access the core wound. Right. Yeah. That's why patience is key, man, especially when you're healing. Yeah, patience, compassion, not being judgmental with yourself. Right. You know, or the process as well. Very true. So... What do most people misunderstand about your field of work? Um, I will say, like I said in the beginning, and, and this is only from based on my journey. Um, yes. A lot of people think that, um, you know, they misunderstand that there is a process, that they just want to go to a Reiki healing or an energy healer, and they, they want to find the magic wand, basically. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's all that they, they misunderstand that and they want to find some magical solution to their problems and they don't want to do the inner work. Yes. And uh, what I found on my journey, um, a lot of people go to healers um, to dump their emotions on them. <laughs> and they may not be doing this, you know, intentionally or consciously. But right. this is what they a lot of people do. And I know because of, you know, I was an energy healer for a long time and I haven't done energy healing for a long time, but I, I noticed this. And basically what they're doing is they don't want to deal with their emotions. They just want to dump it on the therapist or on whoever and they want to walk out happier and they don't want to do their own inner work. But this is obviously disempowering because true empowerment comes from feeling, true empowerment and healing comes from really feeling your emotions. And number two, um, you know, they say the truth sets you free. 
and it does set you free and it does hurt a little bit <laughs> in the beginning um but sometimes i i find that um people and and this is something that i i kind of i invented the term they 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 just want their ego stroked <laughs> Right. <laughs> they want their wounded ego stroked. And as soon as you don't stroke the wounded ego, they get triggered and they don't like it. When you confront them with the truth, when you confront them with, you know, and obviously this has to, when you say it, you, it has to come from a place of love and you're, and you're there to help them. Um, but sometimes the people that don't truly want to heal, um, they do this they get triggered when their egos are not stroked so this often tells me that there's a lot of people that go to healing to it's it's like a self-deception they go to healing to tell themselves that look at me i'm doing all the work when in actual fact they're not doing any work at all right um so yeah true empowerment um <laughs> comes from um feeling your emotions like nobody can heal you basically like we talked about before, it's a decision that you make for, for yourself and any, you know, guides or healers or whatever, they're just there as guides They're um, They can support you. They can share with you the tools and sort of show you the way, but you have to do the work. You have right. to feel your emotions and you have to be humble. This path is about humility and it's about, you know, um, facing yourself. And a lot of people don't want to face themselves and don't want to face the truth. No. basically um and it's the truth that heals you <laughs> um yeah yes the truth just set you free <laughs> it sure does <laughs> when you accept it emotionally right if you don't accept it at all then you're just gonna be staying in the same place yeah yeah Definitely. exactly and you won't heal no You'll just be getting older. You'll be battered and damaged, really. Yeah. And you'll stay stuck in, you know, addictions and negative patterns and, and all of that. That's right. You just got to be willing to put the work in to start your journey to getting to become the person you want to be. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to invest your time. You have to invest you know, for me, I, I always say this is a lifestyle. Yes. You know, a lot of us, we have so many wounds that we're not unaware of. And imagine like years and years. Some people st only start healing in their 30s or 40s. Imagine 40 years <laughs> of unprocessed emotions. So it's not going to, you know, yes, healing. I, I always say healing doesn't take time. It takes courage. But imagine 40 years of woundings and pro unprocessed emotions. It's going to take you time. But as long as you have the courage to face it, it actually, you know, it doesn't take as long as you may think. Right. I agree with that. If that makes sense. Yes. You got to be willing to put the time in. Yeah. The longer you let it go on, the worse it's going to get. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so how is your relationship with your mother today? So today I don't have a relationship with my mother. Okay. I eventually had to cut her out of my life, sadly. Um, I did try many, many years to try to get her to go to therapy with me. I shared books with her. I tried to speak with her. Um, but she just, yeah, she just didn't want to. 
Um, and you can't force people, right? You can't force people to heal. And then I just got to a point on my journey. And after a while, I started to notice her patterns and she didn't trigger me anymore. And I started to set boundaries, which she didn't like. Okay. <laughs> um, and I just noticed that, you know, I, whenever I'm around her, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not happy because I'm always having to um, put up with abuse and put up with m- m- manipulation and all of that. And I just, after managing her for many years, um, I just had a realization one day and I said, you know what, by allowing her to continue to do that, even though I'm not triggered anymore and I have no hatred or anger or anything towards her, I'm still unconsciously telling myself that, um, you know, I deserve to be abused. This is this is what I'm worth. And actually, no, I don't deserve to be abused. You know, no. I don't want this in my life anymore. So I just set a boundary and I said, if you want to be part of my life, that's great. But it has to be based on truth, love and respect. And I set a clear boundary and she didn't want that. So she never contacted me again. <laughs> wow. You're not asking for much. It's the most simplest of things in life. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and she didn't want to talk about anything. Nothing. Just, she just turned. And then what was really interesting is that the rest of the family got really angry and triggered at me. And I was ostracized. Um, my aunts, my grandparents, I'm talking about everyone, my brother, my sister, my father, <laughs> And even her friends started messaging me, you know, attacking me. And what was really interesting is not one of them just asked me, hey, how are you? What's going on? What happened? Yeah, it was just getting, attacks. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's, it's like unbelievable. It's like you didn't cause the issue. It's like I didn't do nothing. I was the victim. And it was nothing to do with them either. <laughs> that <laughs> was what was the irony. <laughs> Oh, Lord. It goes back to what I said earlier in the podcast, accountability, man. Yeah, exactly it. You use the right word. And so sadly, she's no longer in my life. Um, And yeah, and uh, I'm open to to talk, to resolve things, but she just turned her, she doesn't want to, and and I can't force her. So I just moved on with my life. (laughs) That's all you can do. You only get one life, man. You, you don't have time to waste. <laughs> no, and like I said, like, uh, you know, as I'm happy if she wants to sort of try to make things work, or but it has to be based on love, truth, and respect. And if you cannot respect me, and if I, I just will not tolerate abuse anymore, and that's it. That's the end, end of story. <laughs> that's it. Bottom line, you got to set your boundaries. Yeah, because if I don't love myself, you know, if I don't set these boundaries, then, you know, then it's just going to reflect on every other relationship. And then I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be resentful. And and I don't want that. And I've just, you know, I've done enough in my in, inner work to to know my worth and to know that this is not the relationship that I want, you know. Exactly. Like, you know your self-worth and people can't respect it, then you just got to move along, man. They can't be part of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Um, yeah, so it's sad. Um, yes, I've, but I've grieved. I've, I've done enough. <laughs> Believe <laughs> me, I've done enough of my grief work and, and uh, I'm at peace with it is what I'm saying. I'm at peace with it now. Well, as long as you're at peace with it, that's what matters. 
Yeah, I am. So at this point in the podcast, this is when I turn it over to the guests and you can ask me any question you want. <laughs> okay. Um, how, how have you processed some of your emotions? Is there anything that you're sort of struggling with and how may I sort of support you on your journey? Um, well, a while back, uh, I was in a marriage and we, me and the other person were together for 10 years and like any situation had our ups and downs and stuff like that. But towards the end, I was cheated on twice. So once that situation over the first, the first couple years when we were separated, I did go through depression. Okay. So my best friend and my life helped me through it. And I didn't have like no suicidal thoughts or anything like that. I just had a hard time trusting any woman. Mm. And I just got like over the past year or two, just got back to being comfortable being around women on, uh, on a trusting level, like being mm. honest with me and stuff like that. So. Nice. Um, yeah. At least you're, it sounds like you're on the healing path then. You're opening up again. Right. It was a hard thing to do, man. Very hard thing to do. Like meditation has helped a lot too. Nice. And have you, did you ever experience any um, childhood traumas as well? No, I'll say luckily, no. Mm -mm. Well, that's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how, um, other than, um, what you just uh, shared with me. Actually, what I'm interested in is what made you start this podcast? Man, a lot of people have been asking me this question. So first and foremost, like I love sports and I listen to a variety of different podcasts, sports, business, entertainment, mystery, all types of stuff. Like it interests me. And I just listen to different podcasts. Um, I just, I like, I love doing it. I like to meet different people from around the world, hear their life story, um, where they're going through, share some of my experiences and stuff like that. So I just love doing it. Man. I love meeting nice. different people. Awesome. And uh, what are your, where do you see yourself in the future? Five years, 10 years? What do you have a vision? Hmm, so I've been doing this podcast thing for almost a year now i was on this streaming app which i'm still on now where i've been interviewing people like face to face like the zoom call type um feature yeah i've, I've interviewed people from in the states i've interviewed a couple people from dubai sweden switzerland mm -hmm. all over the world and i just want to expand it further than it is now um I just wanted nice. to expand it. And can I ask you then, what were your biggest lessons from your podcast guests? Oh, man. So or the insights big... or anything that, you know, was helpful or insightful. I'm learning about we've been talking about most of this stuff throughout the podcast, like spiritual growth, self-healing, uh, self-confidence. One of the big things, knowing your worth. That's something yeah. one of the biggest things I had to learn when I was going through my depression, learning about my self-worth. Yeah, that's huge. Yes. And do you feel that you've that um, 
you've overcome that the the heartbreak and the depression or do you feel you're still in the process um i feel at this stage i've overcome overcome it already like it it wasn't that way a couple years ago but now i'm in a better place mentally than i was two years ago and you feel that you've forgiven her that was the hardest thing to do (laughs) Yeah, it's the hardest yeah. thing to do, man. <laughs> but I've learned, like, I you can't move on in life until you forgive. A hundred percent, I agree. So, and forgiveness is a choice as well. Absolutely, man. Cause I'm like, I can't go through life being bitter every day. I won't get. I feel like I'll be blocking my own blessings and trying to get to where I want to in life. So, hundred percent. And also, you'll be blocking yourself from receiving love. Right. And and you'll drag that those resentments into the next relationship and you don't want that. <laughs> no, because it's not that, that new person's fault. They're like, what did I do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. And um actually, what is your heart message to the world? Oh man, something I feel like that doesn't go on enough. Love, man. We need to mm-hmm. love each other more. Wow. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. I think that um, people don't know how to love. No, Most people don't know what love is because we were taught that um, love is conditional. Right. You know, that most most of us were taught that. And um, so I don't I think a lot of people don't actually know what love is. No. Mm-mm. And I really do believe that we're here on Earth to learn, like you said, to love each other. We're here to learn about love. Yes. Um, and uh, most of us are not doing a good job by the state of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely but not. The few of us that are trying, <laughs> we can help spread the word. Yes. And at least not even spread the word, actually show it. And we show it by doing things like forgiving, like you mentioned earlier, and right. you know, me forgiving my mother. And yes, I set a boundary. And learning that setting a boundary sometimes is loving. Like I acted out of self-love. Yes. And that love has to include both people in the picture. Like love yes. doesn't hurt anyone. Um, so even though maybe if you set a boundary, let's say, and it, the other person is hurt, but it's if it's coming from a place of love and out of self-love, then um, to stand in that truth, you know, because a lot of people get confused with... Like I mentioned before, what love is. But yeah, I agree. I like your message. <laughs> That's right. Because people just it don't do enough. We need to do it more than ever, man, with this pandemic still going on and everything. Yeah, 100%. Not judging others and, and all of that. And humility. Right. Man, I feel like I've definitely learned a lot during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for being real and just yeah, just honest and out there. <laughs> of course. Now, um, one last thing. So, what message do you want to leave for the listeners of this podcast? My number one message is to heal your emotional wounds because it will change your life. And I really believe that um, the world is in this state because a lot of us, a lot of people haven't healed their wounds and we have, you know, generations of, of wounds being passed on. So 
um, it's up to us and the world won't change until every single one of us does our inner work, do our inner work and, and heal our emotional wounds. And when you do that, you start to open yourself up to more love, more joy, um, and to really start to live, you know, a life that you desire. Um, and that's, you know, when everyone does that, only then I believe that the world will change. So, you know, do it for you and do it for your children, you know, for the next generation. Let's heal the world like this. And it starts with you. Right. I totally agree. It all starts with you. If you don't try to make an attempt to do it, then nothing's going to change. No, nothing. And this includes, by the way, health issues. Right. You know, a lot of health issues are to do with em suppressed emotions. Um, but people just want the pill. <laughs> <laughs> quick fix the right. you know the the want to click a button and and or a little band-aid and it just you know just you have to pluck up the courage and just do it this, this is the path this is the real work and everybody has to do it if not now at least in the afterlife you'll have to face yourself there <laughs> yeah one way or another you gotta look at yourself in the mirror at some point <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. This but, was awesome. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. I'm just so excited. You accepted my invite. I was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Because I love talking to people who have this, like, same interest as me, such as this. Yeah, me too. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, I feel like a broken record, you know, because I'm always going on about it. No, it's yeah. it's important to hear everybody has a story and I feel like you should be able to share it. Yeah. And, you know, this is important work and, and more people need to hear it. So I'm happy, you know, thank you for again for inviting me and, and hopefully, you know, your audience may may get something for this, some insights or some inspiration and courage to do their own inner work. <laughs> exactly. I feel like they definitely will. Most definitely. Good. Awesome. <laughs> so I know it's getting late over there in your area. So once again, I want to thank you for accepting my invite. I want you to have a great night and continue to heal people around the world. Awesome. Thank you so much. And good luck with your podcast and everything. Thank you. Thank you. I'll definitely yeah. be on the lookout for more of your spiritual messages on IG. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.